Welcome to Supergirl Radio Rebirth, your source for the DC Comics series called Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 11. And to help us do that, we are joined by Stella from Batgirl to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. So welcome to Supergirl Radio, Stella. Hey, you finally got rid of all those men, and now we've created sort of our own Themyscira. Uh, yes, yes, we, we have had a lot of dudes on the podcast lately. We try to mix it up with a bunch of different voices. Um, so it is nice to have an all-female podcast. That's kind of what Supergirl Radio was uh, intended and sort of founded on being. You know, when we're talking about Supergirl, uh, it's kind of awesome to have all ladies. But now we're talking about Supergirl and Batgirl for this issue. So yeah, double the fun, double the fun. Well, and before we get into the issue, Stella, uh, can you give our listeners a little brief history rundown with your uh, background with Batgirl and Supergirl? Sure, I'll start with Supergirl because it's <laughs> this is shorter. I remember being younger and seeing snippets of the Supergirl film, but I have yet to see the whole film. And it's something that people have said, you know, oh, if you have nothing to do one day, I think it's fine. So no <laughs> one's really encouraging me to watch it, but I think it, it'd be good to watch that. I think, though, my main step or foray into that character was Superman, the animated series, and getting to know her. And then as she moved on to Justice League... And I did read some Supergirl, uh, of course, with Steph Brown or in the Bronze Age whenever she would pop up. And I was reading the New 52 uh, when that started, which I was liking. I think I read it for about a year. But currently, I'm actually reading or catching up on the Peter David Supergirl run because they've been reissuing those stories. And so I've been liking that. Though that's crazy because it's like two different people. It's not, you know, it's not your average Supergirl story. As for Batgirl, um, I I think my first introduction with her was Batman the Animated Series. And you're more focused on Batman, I think, but she was always a very intriguing character for me. And I enjoyed that you've got this girl who clearly is underestimated trying to keep pace with these guys. And she's able to do it. And she always has to fight against sort of their prejudices. And after that... I was laid up one summer after having surgery, and I ended up getting Batgirl Year One, the graphic novel, and I absolutely fell in love with the character from that adaptation and representation. And from there, I just decided that I wanted to take on this huge, because it really is huge, task of tracing her history, which is how my podcast has been born. So through the podcast, I've really gotten to know the character. And through all of the issues that I've read, both as Batgirl and as Oracle, I have a, an even deeper appreciation for Barbara Gordon. And I think she's certainly one of the, the best female characters out there in comics. For sure. And I think, uh, I don't want to speak for Morgan. Morgan, you can chime in on this. But I, I think Supergirl Radio has a similar journey with a Supergirl character uh, that, that you do <laughs> with your Batgirl podcast. Because we are constantly learning about the character as we go through each episode. So we definitely understand that. Yeah. I think it's cool that you came to the characters through the animated stuff. Um, that's that's awesome to hear. And uh, I, for one, would recommend Supergirl the movie. Okay. It's definitely not the best movie in the world. Uh, so j you just got to keep it in mind when you <laughs> when you watch it. But I will say the Faye Dunaway, super campy villain, so fun to watch. <laughs> 
And uh, and since we're talking about the Phantom Zone in this issue of Rebirth, uh, the Phantom Zone plays a pretty big part in Supergirl the movie, and it's actually very uh, well unique. I guess it sort of started the way the Phantom Zone would be depicted in some versions of the story because I think Smallville took a little bit of their their Phantom Zone and sort of gave their own spin on it. So it's a it's it's a little bit of a unique take on the phantom zone so i would highly recommend it helen slater is great in it and morgan you'll have to remind me to uh continue to rag on carly for not having seen supergirl <laughs> the movie i actually haven't <laughs> you, you, you haven't either what are what are we do what are we even doing here what are we doing here all right i've got to get down to business i gotta be cracking the whip on you two all right. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. on my it's on my to do list. Sure, sure it is. Sure it is. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to really uh, stick you guys on the task uh, to do that. So everyone should be watching Supergirl the movie. That's just a blanket statement. Everyone should watch it. You know what you have to do, Rebecca? What is that? You have to have a special, and it's like a commentary special. And so you have to force your co-host to do it so that, and then the listeners are going to also be forced to watch it because hopefully they're watching while they're listening to you. So you just need to put that on your to-do list. That's an excellent idea. I'll just force everyone to watch it. (laughs) Basically, yes. That can be done, and it will be done. Uh, That will be something we do in the future (laughs) because I think we enjoyed audio commentaries. Uh, so we'll we'll definitely have to do that. All right. Uh, well, I guess we should get to talking about Supergirl 11, which is the issue we have gathered together to talk about. So Supergirl number 11 was written by Steve Orlando with art penciled and inked by Brian Ching. The description for this issue reads, quote, Escape from the Phantom Zone Part 3. Supergirl must quell the maelstrom tearing apart the Phantom Zone as Batgirl faces down the Phantom King one-on-one. If they fail, they'll be lost in the Phantom Zone forever, unquote. Dun-dun-dun! <laughs> so this is a very, uh, very key uh, part of the series, part of part of Rebirth in this storyline, because the question of whether or not they get out of the Phantom Zone is a big one. Uh, so they have to kind of go through a lot of things in this issue to possibly make that happen. So, uh, Stella, since you are our, our guest today and and something of a Batgirl e- expert, I would uh, gather to say, because I'm sure you know more about Batgirl than uh, at least I do. Uh, so I'm very curious to, to hear your take on uh, Batgirl. She is uh, portrayed in this issue. What did you think about her? I, I'm having some issues with her characterization through rebirth. It's it's very it's in flux. It's uh, I feel like I encounter many mischaracterizations, or at least my idea of who Barbara Gordon is, but just making mistakes, falling romantically for villains, even though in the in her narration bubble she's saying things like I shouldn't be with this guy, so weird things like that. So coming over into this book. I wasn't really sure what to expect, but I actually feel like this, which is ironic because it's written by, you know, not Hope Larson, but Steve Orlando, someone who's writing Supergirl, but he seems to have more of an idea of who Barbara Gordon is. So I just felt like this was a strong and consistent characterization. She's capable. She's intelligent. She's able to make witty remarks, which (laughs) Barbara Gordon is wont to do during her fights, but not over the top. She's not Spider-Man. And I think while slightly overmatched because, uh, you know, the foe that she's up against does have moderate powers uh, with his ecto suit Uh, I feel like she holds her own physically she's not making any major errors which she shouldn't because she is a little farther along in her tenure 
And I also think it's great that she's paired up with Ben because, as you saw in the previous two issues, uh, I think the quote that one of you brought out was, you know, uh, I'm done with you or I don't want you, Supergirl, to catch me. I need to catch myself. Mm. And so I feel like Barbara acts as an encourager for Ben and really brings his confidence level up, especially that one scene where she throws whatever that was, that tool, and then he's able to take down those people with the flashbang or whatever it was, and he was really excited about that. So overall, I, I thought that this was really great. It was positive because I think Barbara Gordon especially, especially uh, brings light to the sort of the darkness in the Batman universe, and I think she's very similar to Supergirl, who also has a lot of positivity. And uh, yeah, so I, I very much enjoyed this particular Barbara Gordon. Yeah, she throws Ben a non-lethal stun beacon. What, yeah, okay, what, there you go. What, whatever that means. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's a great point that, you know, the pairing of Ben and Batgirl is an interesting one for me because they sort of represent the human side of the equation. They're, they both uh, are people who don't have superpowers. And, and Supergirl in this issue is depowered in the Phantom Zone. So I guess they all sort of have that in common. But yeah, pairing up Ben and Batgirl seems to be a natural fit for the story. Um, Morgan, what did you think about Batgirl in this issue? I really liked her. I, I liked the way that she kept on kind of pointing out like, to Supergirl because Supergirl is a little bit like freaked out about not having powers. And she was like, Oh, I don't have powers all the time. And I, <laughs> I figured out, uh, and I liked her. I liked her team up with Ben. I thought that that was really clever when they, I mean, what they threw in the air, I'm not sure. I feel like I missed a couple of panels where I was like, I literally like went back a couple of times and I was like, where did this flashbang just come from? <laughs> was that, was that Batgirls? Was it like something that Ben had come up with? Did they like make it out of nothing? Like I was, I was a little confused. Estella, is that something that happens with Batgirl a lot? Does she just have stuff in her utility belt that she can just bring out whenever? She absolutely does. I think this is more... Well, what's interesting, though, is she doesn't have her utility belt at this moment. Oh, that's true. She doesn't. Uh, she lost it in the prison. And I'm not really <laughs> sure when she... I don't know when she gets it back by the end of this issue. So that's maybe a bit of a like a little uh, mistake there. But it seems like because she's kneeling down, she may have pulled it out of her boot. That's a good point. I remember. I don't know if you guys have read Brian Q. Miller's Stephanie Brown run his back row, but I really recommend that. Oh, that's but like my she, favorite. <laughs> oh, but super weird stuff that Stephanie Brown would have in use. So I think it's just a yes. staple of, of being back row. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I didn't even notice she didn't have her utility belt on. Oh, now that... Okay, so now that I'm looking at the panel right before um, it gets thrown, it does look like she pulled it out of her boot, <laughs> which is pretty funny. I just, I guess I felt like maybe they should have telegraphed it like a little bit more for people like me who are like a little dumb and like, we're just like, where'd that come from? <laughs> well, I, I missed it too. So don't feel bad. I mean, we, we can't all be Batgirl. I don't think uh, we can relate to having things exactly when we need them and we can... Uh, bring them out uh, anytime <laughs> we're in, in danger. I routinely forget, like, lose my keys in my purse. <laughs> so you could not be Batgirl is what you're saying? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could train. You could train for it. <laughs> They're like, the, the only thing I train is, like, being able to find, like, the, like my car keys. <laughs> you could my do phone. <laughs> you could do it. I think you can work up to it. We'll, we'll have to work on that. 
Um, yeah, I really, I really liked Batgirl in this issue because she seemed, uh, still like I think you mentioned, she seems like she is a little more experienced with these kinds of bad guys. Um, and she seemed to, uh, know what Zadu was going to say or do before he even did it. Um, so she did come across as like a veteran, uh, like a superhero veteran who, who, who fought against these villains. And she even says like, I know your type. Uh, so, <laughs> so I thought that was great. And she says this line, uh, she says that Zadu is all sizzle, no steak, and he's no Superman, and he's seen, she's seen clowns like him before, and they're all full of the same <laughs> thing, it. Uh, so I thought that was great that uh, she wanted to say that he was full of it. Uh, so I thought that was that was pretty cool. And the emphasis in the lettering, and I don't know if this was intentional, was on clown. And so I wondered if there was a, a bit of a reference to the Joker, because we know that there's that pass between the two of them. And so I wondered if maybe it was a blatant reference to him or it was just maybe the vocabulary. But it is bold in the lettering. Ooh, that's that's what I was thinking. I think that is very much a Joker nod. So a good pickup on that. Um, and I also really liked, um, just in terms of the Batgirl-Supergirl dynamic, I enjoyed that Batgirl seemed to have a lot of faith in Supergirl to come through with Psy. So I thought that that was nice to see that from her because I think Supergirl, and we'll, we'll talk about her in a second, I think she was sort of struggling a little bit to to know what to do with Psy, but Batgirl seemed to think she had it covered. But I think like most bat characters she had a plan b just in case, just in case um so i i enjoyed that as well um so let's talk about supergirl a little bit um stella what did you think about her in this issue yeah i enjoyed supergirl i think um again that positivity which is always great and and just wanting to help people out and the trusting, I think, can get her into trouble, which we more saw in the previous one when she got into the stranger's boat, which, you know, like accepting candy from a stranger <laughs> um, <laughs> and hoping for the best. But I especially like that last scene, just the positive interactions between Batgirl and Supergirl. And, and I think Supergirl really almost being in awe of Batgirl, but then Batgirl giving that acclamation back to Super- Supergirl that she was able to... Uh, to save the day as well and to help Psy out. And this is great because it, you know, it's been a little while because it all started with the Batgirl annual that Psy and Supergirl had this interaction and Supergirl does not want to leave until she helps Psy out. So I thought that was great. The only concern I have is with Psy, I felt like, and I wonder what you two think, that it was a little strange that Psy helps Supergirl out in the previous issue where she stops Zadu from basically killing Supergirl. But then all of a sudden in this issue, there's a, a change, like a mistrust that she just automatically assumes that Supergirl is with everyone else because, of course, she's been burned so many times. But I just wonder where we go from Psy helping Supergirl out to all of a sudden mistrusting her. Yeah, that's a good question. And I... I sort of took away from this issue that Sai, like you said, she has been burned many times. And I think it's it's part of her needing help and going to people who say they can help her. And then the, it turns out they're lying to her. They're tricking her somehow. And so maybe she helped Supergirl to see if Supergirl would help her in return and I guess uh-huh. had some sort of uh, second... Um, 
second thought, maybe, oh, maybe she's she's not going to help me. I don't, I don't know. That's a great question. Um, one that I actually didn't think about when I was reading the issue, but you're right. I mean, there is a, there is a little bit of a turn um, when when Sai really. I mean, she really turns on Supergirl. She's like, why should I trust you? Uh, so yeah. it's, uh, I, I think she just, she has so much anger. She has a lot, of, she has a lot of issues, Sai. She has a couple of trust issues. A couple of trust issues, um, a couple of things, a couple of really traumatic things that have happened to her and, uh, some really bad people have messed with her, Cadmus, Sadu. Uh, so I, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, Supergirl is someone you can trust, but she, I guess maybe she doesn't know that fully. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a good question. Uh, Morgan, what did you think about uh, Supergirl in this issue? Yeah, I really liked her in this issue. I thought, um, you know, she doesn't really have, I don't know if she doesn't have any powers or she doesn't have like many powers. Uh, but she, it was, it's another instance of her having to like use her compassion and her hope to get through to somebody instead of just using her powers to like, you know, smash through a wall or something. She had to um, basically connect with Sai on like a human, like personal level to get her to um, to trust her. And like we were saying, like Sai was was pretty uh, was not very trusting. She had been through some stuff. She was a dragon, uh, <laughs> you know, normal stuff. <laughs> but uh, I, I like the way that that Supergirl, um, you know, just like trusted that hopefully Sai would come around and would see that she was. Uh, being, you know, genuine with her and really wanted to help her. Um, and, and Sai does see that. Yeah, I was a little confused about Supergirl's powers because it's sort of, in some panels, it looks like she's flying. But I don't know if she's, like, being sucked into the dragon somehow by Sai's powers. That's what I was trying to figure out, too. I was like, is she is she flying? Is she just, like, sort of floating around in the dragon's mouth? Like, what? what? <laughs> but they, they do make mention that, you know, Ben says, well, how, how could she survive that? So uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little unclear about that as well. But I'm, I'm going to go with the fact that Ben and Batgirl say that she doesn't have any power. So that's what I'm going to go with. But, uh... Yeah, I really liked this issue in terms of Supergirl being a character who had to reason with Psy on a a one-to-one level. Wasn't she was just going to beat that dragon up because there was no (laughs) no way she was going to do that. Uh, But she had to talk her down. And I think we see that with Supergirl a lot, whether it be in the comics or in the the CW uh, Supergirl TV series. So uh, I'm glad to see that here because I I really actually related to Supergirl a lot in this issue because she talks about, and this actually kind of surprised me, she talked about how she struggles with... Uh, finding mercy for other people and and thinking about um, wanting to extend mercy to other people. But when she searches for it, she finds it, but that she struggles with it. And I was like, well, sometimes I have that problem too. Um, So I I appreciated the honesty out of Supergirl in that moment. Um, So what did everybody think? We we talked a little bit about Psy. Um, so what, what did everybody think about Psy as a, as a character? Um, Stella, had you had any previous knowledge or interaction with the character in the comics? Just Batgirl annual. Um, so no. So this is more, <laughs> more backstory than I had expected. Now, is this a, uh, a character that is brand new to the rebirth or does she have origins pre-rebirth no she's been around for quite some time and she um has 
very much been connected to Supergirl as a character. Um, And she's actually going to be on the TV series in season three. So get excited about that. I don't know if we're going to see any dragon action. Uh, (laughs) That that would be the dream. Uh, But yeah, yeah, she's been around for a while and she's been very much connected to Supergirl. Um, So what did you think about like her abilities or um, the way she was interacting with other characters? What did you think about that? Yeah, well, it's a it's a pretty sad story. Um, clearly she has a damaged past. So I think she almost teeters on the line of, could she be a villain? Because I think she could be pushed in that direction if given the opportunity. So I'm glad that Supergirl pulls her back from the edge, but just, you know, being used by people, people lying to her and saying that they're going to help her is a really sad and tragic thing, uh, for a real life person as well as, you know, just a fictional character. So I, I enjoyed that depth that was there. And I, I think it brings some empathy and sympathy from the readers as you get to know her. I think, uh, like Banshee, because I, I like Banshee as a Supergirl villain. Uh, though my I my history with her might be different from yours, but I feel like she's a nice equal with Supergirl. I think her powers, obviously, um, I feel like mental abilities almost trump uh, physical abilities. But I, I think just the way that they're able to talk and converse and go back and forth make good equals, and I kind of want to see were what what were this character was this character <laughs> to continue <laughs> uh you know to see what it would be like almost um street level or out out of the costumes with these two be able to be friends and you know gal pals uh but no she's a she's an interesting character i loved her um projection of the dragon i guess it, it'd probably be a, an actual solid projection projection but you were talking about in a previous episode um once you mentioned Disney World, I knew exactly where you were going uh, <laughs> with that dragon there. But I was actually thinking when I saw the purple dragon Lockheed, because I'm a big fan of Kitty Pride, And Kitty Pride from X-Men has her own little purple dragon Lockheed. But yeah, purple, you know, I love that color. And, and the dragon was the way to go. So overall, a very interesting character and, and great dynamics between her and Supergirl. Yeah, that's a great point about whether or not uh, they could be friends if they wanted to, because it seemed like Psy was sort of on their side by the end of it uh, when she uh, grants them access to to go home from the Phantom Zone. So who knows? Who knows what, what would happen? I sort of like her... Uh, I, I don't know. I like Psy as a character, so I don't know if I would want her to be a villain or I would want her to be friends with Supergirl. I don't know. I'm a little conflicted. I'm a little conflicted. Um, Morgan, what did you think about Psy in this issue? Yeah, I liked her. Um, I thought... It was a it was an interesting like take on her because she'd clearly been through a lot of stuff and didn't really want to trust Supergirl. And we usually see her in a little bit more of an adversarial position, but like towards the end of the issue, she let everybody out of the Phantom Zone, um, or she let uh, Supergirl, Batgirl, and, and Ben out, uh, and she was going to stick around in the Phantom Zone and, and make sure and like rebuild, which seemed pretty nice actually um so yeah i i I liked her here uh also she was a dragon which is cool (laughs) always cool yeah i think we're all pro dragon (laughs) yeah (laughs) the the, the dragon from now on um yeah i you mentioned her sticking around in the phantom zone and i i was surprised by her mention of she wanted to maybe make the phantom zone more of a rehabilitation 
facility for criminals instead of a place for punishment. Uh, so I, I wonder, part of me is like, well, I kind of want to stick around the Phantom Zone, see how that goes. <laughs> like, is that going to work? I don't know. Yeah, me too. I want to, I want to like go visit the Phantom Zone in like a couple of issues and see like, is it, is it better or has she like made it much, much worse? <laughs> She's like, I was trying to make it better. And then I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I hope we get an update on what's happening in the Phantom Zone with Sai. How is that going? What, what are the what are the updates uh, from that? It's like when you're like watching one of those like house hunter shows and then they, they, they do the update and it's like three months later and you get to see like the inside of the house. <laughs> they'll like come back to the phantom zone and three months later and they're like, everything's open concept now. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see if uh, we get to go revisit them uh, several months later and see how see how she's uh, done uh, because I think for Sai, her change in character is is built or or uh, developed out of her own pain. She talks a lot about her pain, and something I, I haven't really thought about with Sai before is that she says that she can hear the thoughts of every inmate and uh it's very awful for her and that's i guess that would make me angry so i can i can i can understand why having all that pain and all that all that turmoil in your head can really mess with you so um i i have a feeling that that's part of why sai is the way that she is and uh she even says uh when she when she saw into zadu's mind that uh, the Phantom Zone was uh, the Phantom Zone amplified um, his cruelty, and she almost lost herself in it. And so I think you know she got so sucked into all the awfulness of the Phantom Zone that it was really screwing with her her head. So so maybe now that things have turned a corner and she seems to be more in control of it, maybe things will get better for not only the Phantom Zone but for her as well. Maybe the Phantom Zone's new theme song will be. Um... You know, we found love in a uh, <laughs> desert. What is a desert or a uh, hopeless place? A hopeless, like a place. hopeless place. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it'll turn into a nice place. Yeah. Maybe maybe uh, Sai will meet meet some friends. Maybe maybe find some love. Maybe she'll, uh, she, you know, things are things will turn around for her when they visit again. It'll be like a like a musical montage or something. Everybody's like singing and like yeah. dancing. <laughs> Holding hands. I have a feeling Psy could make that happen with all of her abilities. I mean, if she can turn things into a dragon, I think she can make a musical atmosphere. I think that could happen. Makes me want to read that comic or hear hear that comic. <laughs> maybe maybe hear that come to life. Um, so uh, let's talk about the art in this issue. Uh, Stella, were there any panels or pages that really stuck out to you? Yeah, absolutely. I first want to say I really like the art in this book. I, I like especially the watercolor that's used for the backgrounds, uh, whether it's gray atmospheric for, for the Phantom Zone or the purple when we're inside <laughs> the dragon uh, projection, which I think page 12 is perhaps one of my favorite because uh, even if you take away the speech bubbles and I guess the thought bubbles for Psy, I think that image uh, of the two of them floating speaks really loudly beyond those words. And um, just you can tell that they're conversing and just in there, um, you know, you have Psy in this very powerful position and then Supergirl's uh, a little more <laughs> reserved. Uh, and, and it seems like she's not as much in control, but I, I think that's very beautiful. And of course, you cannot 
omit uh, one of the last pages. Uh, what page is this? 18 for me, uh, where you have Batgirl and Supergirl, you know, swinging off and flying off. And, uh, you know, the send me a signal at the very end, which I think is just one of those. It's a classic, you know, those two. Uh, just a nice little team up and, and is encapsulates i think the entire arc yeah that's a really great page i enjoy that as well and the send send me a signal i thought was a very appropriate uh morgan did you have any uh, pages or panels that uh you enjoyed out of this uh issue well uh keeping with the dragon trend (laughs) i really i really liked uh i think it was page 16 where they're like Supergirl and Psy are busting out of the dragon's mouth and like everything's exploding and the dragon's like looks a little angry. I um I think that was a really cool panel that has a lot going on. It's like a really, really big um page. Mm-hmm. And then I really liked uh what it's the page before um they sort of jump off uh the building like to adventure uh, <laughs> where they're on top on top of the building. And they're talking to each other. And I like that that whole page, um, especially the, the one panel where you see them, like, backlit. Uh, and it's just them talking to each other. And you just see their, like, the outlines of their shadows. is like the sun is, like, going, I think, down probably at this point. Uh, I thought that that was really well done. I, I like any scene or any um, any panels with Supergirl and Batgirl just kind of hanging out and, uh, and talking together. I think those are always really fun. Yeah, I like that sort of silhouetted panel because you can see that Batgirl's hanging out on the ledge of the building and Supergirl's floating in the air. So it's a, and it's a neat uh, contrast of who they are. Uh, so yeah, I, I liked that as well. Um, there were a couple of things I liked about the art in this one. Um, I thought the cover, not the variant cover, but the actual cover is awesome. Like it looks cool, but I had questions about it. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I was like, wait, what's, what's, ha- I, I was like, I was like, I know I, it's been a while since I read 10, but like, what's happening? Is there a mummy? <laughs> yeah. So that was my question. Um, so I'm glad that you brought that up because I am confused about, so <laughs> why are there mummies? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why are there mummies on the cover? <laughs> I just have so many questions. So it looks like Zadu is the, is the mummy in this story. And I don't know when I, I don't know about you all, but when I see him in the comic, he doesn't look like a mummy. I guess maybe you could sort of interpret it that way. Cause sometimes on his arms, he has like the lines like on his arms and legs the way the lines are drawn, I guess that could be like fabric or cloth or something. I guess you could interpret that way, but I never, I never noticed it that way. But maybe if the cover is to be believed, that maybe that's what he is supposed to be. Maybe he is supposed to be some sort of mummy. I think it was really lovely back in the silver and bronze age when covers were actually panels taken from the inside. So you could expect something like that to happen. But now it's almost like you have to suspend your disbelief because sometimes they'll lie to you and they'll put something on the cover <laughs> that has nothing to do with what's inside. And so I think this may have just been a miscommunication uh, between the two of them because uh, he doesn't look like that on the inside, so I think maybe just describing that character for the the cover artist just uh, did not. The point was not well made, and then who knows what you know Supergirl is doing because it's as if she's trying to burst out of some wrapping, and I guess maybe you could be like, oh, it's symbolic for her bursting out of the uh, the phantom, the dragon, or the uh, dragon, or yeah. something. Yeah, but uh, both of those things don't really jive together with what's on the inside. Now I kind of feel like I want to see an issue where Supergirl 
girl and bad girl battle mummies though I yeah like, so i feel like i was gi- they did I was the, given the this, vampires right but... with uh, brian k miller <laughs> yes yes so i feel like is mummies are only a natural fit and <laughs> they, that should be their like halloween <laughs> issue <laughs> we <Yeah>. were promised <laughs> I think we should be grateful for the dragon, but I feel like maybe we were shortchanged <laughs> with the mummies a little bit. Um, but I think that's, um, I think I don't, I don't know. I, I want to say I heard some sort of comic book history story where people drew the the covers just to get your attention. It wasn't necessarily about telling you what was in the story, but a lot of those covers are just trying to get your attention. And it definitely did with this one. Um, if that was their intention, uh, I was like, mummies. This will be interesting. <laughs> I'm sold. Yeah, mummies. I'm there. Uh, but I guess maybe from now on, I'll assume that Zadu is some sort of mummy figure. I guess I'll take that away uh, from that cover. Um, but I did, and speaking of Zadu, I, I thought he looked uh, sufficiently scary in the this issue and on these pages, um, particularly on page seven. I think what's very effective about Zadu is that you can only see just a little bit of his face. You can only see his eyes, his glowing eyes. And that, to me, is very scary. And the, the way his his costume, I guess, above his mummified body, <laughs> uh, his cape and, th- and all the uh, attire that he has on, it's sort of spiky, a little bit pointy. And so that, to me, is, is very scary. So I liked the way that he was drawn in this one. And uh, on page 10... Uh, when Ben has the uh, stun, what did I say it was? Some sort of stun beacon thing. A stun beacon, non-lethal. Yeah, non-lethal stun beacon. Yes, wh- whatever that thing is. Um, it, it it emits some kind of light, and I like the way that that's drawn, the way it's colored. Um, I, I think that's a really cool page. Um, so uh, good art all around, I thought, um, especially with... Um, all of the way that they communicated uh, size abilities and uh, what that looked like uh, with, I think, Stella, you mentioned it with Supergirl in there with Psy, because I was actually pretty surprised because I thought in number 10 that Psy actually became the dragon. But I think what it was supposed to communicate in this issue is that she is just sort of manipulating the dragon. She wasn't actually physically the dragon. So that, I, I think, was communicated very, very well in the issue. Okay, so overall thoughts, um, did you like it? Did you not like it? What did you think? Um, Stella, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, first I do want to say that I got a little Ben-Hur vibe. I don't know if you guys have seen Ben-Hur. I teach Latin, so it's one of those things you kind of have to see. (laughs) No, I've never actually seen it all the way through. It's great. You know, you have to sit through four hours, though, so just be prepared. But at one point, uh, they're testing the the slaves and the prisoners on the the ship and seeing if they can handle it and, and the guy is saying ramming speed and then the guy who's beating the drum is beating it really quickly and at one point Zadu says ramming speed and I thought oh it's been her (laughs) but (laughs) that's just just a little uh, me thing I think someone mentioned Garden State a couple episodes ago so there's my little uh a gift to you and your listeners uh for context I will tell you that I did not like the back row annual I thought it in particular that story I felt like Something was not working between the two of them, between Batgirl and Supergirl. Uh, Something was off for me. The spirit wasn't there. 
But this, I thought, did a solid job of of creating a, a great Supergirl Batgirl team up. And in this particular issue, I thought it did a great job wrapping up the arc. You know, these two have an intimate history, and I say it's intimate because they could both be considered derivative characters, if you think about it. Um, I try to argue for Batgirl that she's not one, but technically, they're both derivative characters from you know their their male counterparts, but they're both making their own names for themselves. And Batgirl was with Supergirl right before her death in uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. So they have that connection. And then Steph and Supergirl have had team-ups. So there's something special about these two. And and I think this arc gets to that. I like how they were divided in this issue. So they weren't always with each other. I think the previous two issues, they were really together. But now they separated because Supergirl needed to be where she was because she had the history with Psy. And she was talking with her. And then Batgirl, I think, has more street experience and needed to be against... I guess you could consider the main antagonist and fight him on more than just the physical level. And I would also like to say that finally, after 20 years, Barbara Gordon (laughs) has been redeemed because if you've ever read, I think it was like DC special 86 it was it was during the uh um the crisis on infinite earths when these two are talking batgirl is really down on herself and supergirl she just feels like she's uh batgirl feels like she's not capable as a hero and supergirl flies off and she's like gee wish it could be like her but here she's redeemed herself because they have this wonderful conversation as i said before where they just give each other acclamation and encouragement so i thought this was great i think there's promise of a future for the two of them as friends and I think they leave as equals and and I hope that they're not strangers in each other's books though if they appear in back role I expect some better writing uh, but overall I, I thought this was a great issue and I uh, a great arc as well definitely they had a great dynamic in this issue um, Morgan what are your overall thoughts I really like this issue I like the uh, the relationship between Batgirl and, and Supergirl I think has been really fun in these last couple issues and uh I sort of like the way that they they talk at the end about that uh, Batgirl tells Supergirl, you know, they better watch then they better watch out for you and and uh, Supergirl seems like she's going to try to get to the bottom of this Cadmus thing. Um and I, I like the uh, Batgirl saying, you know, you can, you always know how to find me. I, I think that I I really like their their relationship um in these in these stories the last couple issues and I I I would always love to have Batgirl back because I think she's uh, such a fun character for Supergirl to play off of because she's uh, this version of her at least is like a little bit more established and seems to a little bit more confident in like what she's doing. And this version of Supergirl seems a little bit uh, less established um, and a little bit newer to, um, to figuring out how like earth works and like her secret identity. So I think that like, Barbara could probably like tell her a couple things. Yeah, she can she can learn some things from Batgirl. And uh, before we wrap up, Morgan, um, what did you think about the last two pages? We got a little bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah, that ending. What was that? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we got uh, a reveal that Cat Grant has. I I this is what I interpreted it as. She shot Supergirl with a kryptonite bullet. Uh, so that's, uh, something I guess we'll find out in the next issue, but, um, I have a a feeling since Emerald Empress has been sort of, uh, coming in and out of Rebirth for Supergirl, I wonder if this is some, somehow her doing because it says, uh, uh, next 
Emerald, it's on the last page, it says uh, next, I guess next issue, Emerald Eradication. And Cat Grant is wearing green. She is wearing green. So I have a sneaking suspicion that that's not really Cat Grant. Uh, at least I hope not. I was about to be like, Cat, no. Cat <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> has taken it up a notch. Maybe this is just like an elaborate mentoring scheme. <laughs> and we're just going to find out about it next in the next issue. She'll be like, LOL, JK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Maybe she's just Sorry sick and tired that. of getting the wrong coffee. That's right. Yeah, she's she could like, be. <laughs> <laughs> Kira. <laughs> trying to give her some tough love, I guess. Uh, that's the that's yeah, the toughest yeah, love you can give. Love. <laughs> yeah, that's the toughest love you can give, Supergirl. Um, so we'll have to find out next time uh, what's going on with that. But uh, yeah, so I really liked this issue. I mean, we got more dragon action. Um, I liked Supergirl's conversation with Sai about mercy and having to search for it sometimes because it's hard to do, um, even for super powered people. I loved Batgirl. She kicked Zadu in the face. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought I thought the way um, we ended up uh, sort of seeing Zadu's defeat was pretty cool, too, where his, I guess, henchmen, as it were, uh, they realized that Zadu had played them and that he was lying to them. And so uh, he, he uh, lost control of his people, and I thought that that was very fitting. So I really enjoyed this issue. And I, I think, um, just on a side note, I think it's very interesting to me that uh, and I also sort of appreciate this from a writing standpoint that uh, a little while back in Rebirth, we got the information about Supergirl having issues with contractions in the English language. And uh, so I've been looking at that some. And so uh, you can see when you read it, Supergirl never uses contractions. She, like on page 13, she says, you are right, Sai. And on page 18, she says, I hope he can, but I am prepared if he cannot. So she uh, just, it's just kind of an interesting thing. And I think it's interesting um, in terms of consistency that the way the character has been written has been consistent. Uh, consistently not great uh, with using contractions, which, you know, that's, that's her choice. If she doesn't want to use contractions, she doesn't have to. Uh, but I just thought that that was uh, pretty fascinating. So that is still a thing. Let's be honest. The English language is pretty messed up. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty pretty hard for a lot of people. Uh, it is. In, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess even for Kryptonians who, you know, can fly and shoot lasers from their eyes, it's even hard for them sometimes too. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll cut her a little bit of slack. At least she's got a fern. She seems fluent. She just doesn't like contractions. So that's just a, a funny little characteristic of her in this series. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl 11. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number 11 is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com. Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at readdcentertainment.com. Stella, thank you so much for coming on Supergirl Radio Rebirth, which is our little extension of Supergirl Radio to talk about Rebirth in the comics. Uh, real pleasure talking to you and learning more about Batgirl from you. Uh, where can our listeners find you and Batgirl to Oracle the Barbara Gordon podcast on the internet? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me on. And, um, you know, we know this wonderful man and in common, Michael Bailey. So shout out to him. But yes. it was it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you two as well. So yeah, you can find my show at thebatmanuniverse.net. Uh, Backworld the Oracle comes out 
about once every month. Definitely once every month, but sometimes I have specials. Like in October, I'll have a, a Halloween special commentary, something like that. Well, as far as keeping up with us, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can find us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. And we have a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify with a bunch of music from the show and about Supergirl. So definitely check that out. And we are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. And as always, we are available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you've got some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. And we're part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, DC Films, classic DC TV shows, and the upcoming Black Lightning, <laughs> Krypton, and Teen Titans shows. Subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed and follow at DC TV Podcast on Twitter and like DC TV Podcast on Facebook. Morgan, I really feel your your pain in reading <laughs> that paragraph because <laughs> when I had to do it recently, I mangled the word subscribe. That's a hard word to say sometimes. <gasps> really? I feel like I feel like it's for me, it's the DC TV podcast. I, I just feel like there's just something about having to say that like 12 times in a row <laughs> that just like breaks a part of my spirit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one day I'm going to change it, but part of me is like, no, I think Morgan needs to be tested. I feel like I do as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so bottom line, DCTV podcast, you should like us. Yeah, yeah. You should, you should like all of those shows. <laughs> well, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at DerbyKid, and that's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I'm sort of in and out of Twitter because the internet is the worst, um, but you can definitely follow me on Instagram at the TheDerbyKid. Um, that's T-H-E-D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. You can also watch videos of mine over at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. And if you're into me talking about Batman Returns for about two and a half hours, um, which uh, was awesome be- because I love Batman Returns, um, don't email me. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that movie. <laughs> so, uh, so recently I was a guest on DC on DC podcast with Dave and Chad and they let me ramble about that movie that I love so much. Uh, so you can definitely check out that episode. That scarred me as a uh, child. Well, it was mainly because of the, uh, when Catwoman is shoving all the stuffed animals down the drain. Cause I was young. So I'm like, no, not the <laughs> stuffed animals. Yeah. Oh, it was, no. That's a little heartbreaking. I feel like that might've been the one, I think I might have seen, like went to go see that in theaters when I was young and I like had to walk out. <laughs> there was one, there was definitely like a Batman, I like a Batman movie where it was like too intense right at the beginning. And, and I was like, Ah! And her parents like <laughs> took me out. They were just like, "Oh God, we can't. This this went away." <laughs> and it might have been that one. So apparently, it, it's traumatized many of us. See? Yep. <laughs> well, uh, I, I I will say that's 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 a fair uh, assessment. I mean, Baby Penguin does uh, eat and murder a cat in uh, the first probably five minutes in his cage. Uh, so I could see that being a little traumatizing. <laughs> and he bites a nose off of somebody, too. He does. That's It's pretty gross. <laughs> I, I, I can't say that the penguin in that movie is uh, pleasant. 
um, or attractive. So I, I think that's a, that's a fair critique. Uh, but I do I, I do enjoy that that movie uh, for what it is. It's been one of my favorites since I was a kid. So uh, they were nice enough to have me on to let me uh, ramble and blab on about that one. So uh, so <laughs> if you can make it through that movie, definitely check out that episode. <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Um, you can also find me on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, we are, I think, currently trying to put together another, like, ladies roundtable DC TV podcast thing. Uh, it's just scheduling, um, which is... Uh, at, for the legendary ladies is not one of our strong suits. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Like planning is not one of our strong suits. So <laughs> we are, we are hoping to get that out um, pretty soon before the, all the shows start up again. Uh, and it becomes even more of a nightmare to <laughs> schedule anything. Um, you can also find me on buddy TV. I have a couple things coming up uh, that posted this week about the bold type, the show on Freeform. So if you're into that, you should check that out. Uh, and I think that's about it. Well, that sounds exciting. Uh, I've never actually seen the bold type. It's pretty good. They they actually they actually seem to on that show. They kind of understand like what social media is more than a mm. lot of other TV shows. Because sometimes I will be watching TV and I'll be like, Do they think it's witchcraft? Like, what do they? <laughs> <laughs> what do these people think social media is? It's like there's all, like there's somebody using social media to like get some like thing viral out. Like a uh, when when Cara did her blobbing. Like she started a blob and like the next day it was viral. And I was like, that's not, that's really not, I mean, that's not how that works usually. And then like the flip side is, is like when you like watch like an episode of like criminal minds or something and they're like, whatever you post on the internet, someone's going to kill you. And you're like, whoa, why is there no middle ground? <laughs> well, to be fair about Kara, we don't know how many followers she has. That's true. She could be very a very influential blubber by now. Which uh, might harm her secret identity, but uh, that is... <laughs> Then that is yet to be seen. We'll have to see if she does any more blobbing in season three. Um, all right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. And uh, thanks for joining us as we read Supergirl Rebirth. Supergirl Rebirth.